the kingdom is now. The kingdom is now. That's our theme for the year. And I guess the cat's cry, if not now, when? It's not a bad thing to ask ourselves, I think, after the last season we've been through, where people just didn't, you couldn't sort of make plans, could you? We weren't sure whether to make plans or not for a while. And I, I think we've got to be very, very careful we don't get locked into that mindset. And we actually break out and go, hang on a sec, life is now. Repeat after me, life is now. And the kingdom of God, what God wants to do in our hearts, what Jesus wants to do in the earth is now. Not only that, Jesus said the kingdom is within you. His kingdom, the place where God reigns, it's not some ever real imagination for the future. But it's a very real present reality within each one of us as we walk day by day, learning to surrender, learning to follow, learning to obey. And that's what the whole last three or four weeks of my preaching have been about, that the kingdom of God is within you. This is an internal thing. Last week, who can remember what we spoke about? Of course, you all do. So I won't ask for you to the kingdom is now. Yes, we did talk about that, Levi. Follow me. Follow me. We got a bit specific and we're in Mark chapter 1. I'd like to return to that passage. And Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 18, it says, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And this passage is just one of a number through the Gospels where Jesus calls people to follow him. This wasn't certainly the only time. As a matter of fact, theologians would tell us this wasn't even the first time that he'd probably asked these, that the disciples, there's several different points where the disciples were given the opportunity to follow and then to follow again. Does that sound familiar in your own life? I've worked that out after a little while. It wasn't about saying yes to Jesus once, but Jesus seemed to keep wanting me to say yes again and again and again. And we see this in the disciples' calling. And what we looked at last week was just, I guess, that ability to be obedient and say, yes, Lord, to listen, to hear. It's an internal thing. The kingdom, God's reign within you is something he wants to do within us. And it begins in a heart that says, yes, I will follow. And then he says what that following would entail. It's actually linked to something. And it's appropriate we look at this Mission Sunday because it was linked to mission. When Jesus said, follow me, in one sense, I think what he was saying was, stay on the same page as me. That's a term that we're pretty familiar, isn't it? We're pretty familiar with that. And what is it to stay on the same page with someone? Well, I think when you stay on the same page with someone, it means that you've sort of got their heart. You stay on the same page with someone, you probably know what interests them. You probably know what affects them. You probably know what makes them tick to a certain extent. Isn't any friendship built on that? It's like built on common ground. It's like, I, I think I know where you're coming from. I think I know what you're about. 
And when Jesus said, follow me, that was just part A. Part B was, I will make you fishers of men. Without a doubt, Jesus was on a mission. There was a point to it. It wasn't follow me because it'll be fun. Although who's found out following Jesus can be fun sometimes. It really can. And it can be terrifying all at the same time sometimes. Following Jesus is an adventure if it's nothing else. But there's no doubt that Jesus linked follow with mission. Follow with I have a purpose in the earth. And Jesus reinforced it again and again with the kind of statements he made. Stuff like the healthy have no need of a doctor. So you'll find me with the sick. You'll find me with those that aren't doing well. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Statements that Jesus made that reveal what his mission was. Those who've lost their way, those who are far from God, they are my mission. And as a matter of fact, it was probably one of the chief accusations made of him. Jesus, why is it that you're always hanging around with the wrong kind of people? And isn't it funny that Jesus considered people that were far from God the right kind of people to hang around? Come on, come on, you'll see. I'm not preaching anything new. You'll see it in Scripture everywhere. And yet I think that that can be a fairly terrifying thing. When Jesus says, I will make you become fishers of men, that's what he's talking about. I'm going to help you reach people that are far from God. And I think if we're honest, that could be scary for a lot of us. And it gets scarier the longer you've been a Christian. Because the longer you've been a Christian, the more people you know who are Christians. And they don't tend to swear at you as much. They tend to be nicer to you most of the time. Hopefully you found that. And so it can be a lot more comfortable to hang around with your own kind kind of thing. I recently went to the drags again. Drag racing, Willowbank Raceway. First time in 37 years. I did terribly, but I had a lot of fun. But I tell you what, it just reminded me how far some people live from God. And just how broken life can get when you do that. Now, don't get me wrong, I met nice people and I had great conversations. As a matter of fact, it scared me how easily I slipped back into that group because I guess in a sense, hey, they, are, they were my tribe. So it didn't take too long to sort of to be able to mix. But as I mixed, I thought, wow. Number one, thank you, Jesus, that as a young man, 21 years of age, you rescued me from that trajectory of literally seeing the whole of life through a petrol tank. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for giving me the capacity to build a life. So meeting people that are my age and their whole investment is still a motor vehicle. They've kissed goodbye to the wife. The kids won't talk to them, but they're at the drags, man. And I think, wow, people need Jesus. That wasn't everyone. Please, don't get me wrong. Some wonderful whole people there too. But man, you realise people need Jesus. And then it becomes scary that God wants to use me. <laughs> and he wants to use you. So as we, as we just begin, and I'm not going to speak long today, but as we begin this thought, 
I want to encourage you with what Jesus says here. He says, and, and I thought this is the phrase that caught my eye, I will make you become fishers of men. Who feels like an outstanding evangelist? Not too many of us. I know a few. Dennis Waldridge is standing there, sitting there with Rose. They're outstanding, just using their personal lives to connect people to Jesus. And there'd be people sitting here today that are sitting here because of them doing that. But that isn't all of us. It doesn't sort of come easy to all of us. And that's why I want to encourage us with Jesus saying, I'll make you become because I did a little bit of a word study. And I don't pretend to be a Greek scholar, but I did a little bit of a word study because that phrase caught my eye. Who's interested in hearing what it says? It's very, very simple. The Greek word for make is poieo, and it simply means to form, to form. And then the Greek word for become is genomai, which means to begin to be. To start, it literally means first steps. So when you look at Jesus said, I will make you become, the, the, the one thing you could pull out of it is Jesus says, this is a process. You don't just have to arrive instantly. I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey where you become fishers of men. I'm going, that's what I'm going to form in you is the desire to reach other people. Now, you might say, what's this got to do with Mission Sunday, Pastor Chris? Aren't we supposed to be talking about people we, you know, we support overseas? And yes, I'll get to that in just a few moments. But I tell you what, folks, if it ain't happening at home, we're being a bit hypocritical, going somewhere else to do it or supporting someone else to do it in a much tougher place than maybe what we've got right here, right now. It's got to start at home. A mission's heart. So we've always been a missions church, and we have wonderful missions partners, but it's actually got to be in our heart too. Would you like, and, and maybe as an older Christian, you might be here and you've been a Christian for a while, Maybe there was once a time that you were really zealous about this stuff, but it is actually just frightening to even think about it now. Maybe you've worked yourself to a place of comfort. And I just want to encourage you, I don't think that process ever stops in us. Jesus continuously wants to push us out of the boat, get us walking on the water. It's a little bit scary loving people that we might not find so easy to love, loving people that might seem a bit more prickly than what we're used to. Actually, you might find that sometimes they were more authentic than some of the people you find in church. Could just turn out, I, I know for Sue and I, we love spending time with people that don't regularly go to church that you wouldn't consider to be God-centered people. And I'm not being critical, I'm just being honest. But we actually find it quite refreshing sometimes, the honesty and the authenticity that comes. It can be a great blessing. But here's the point. Jesus is happy with process. He wants to form in us a heart that reaches out. He wants that process of us being made to want to reach out and touch and bring other people into a circle of God's love. And I love that. It's a simple process. And I think we get some hints in Scripture at how Jesus did it 
not just with the disciples that we sort of look at and go, well, they were called to be the future leaders of the church, etc. But actually everywhere along in his ministry, he was dropping keys. And today I just want to give us what I think is the cornerstone one. And I could have pulled this out of many different passages, but I'm going to pull it again out of Mark in Mark chapter 5. And we might be familiar with this story. It's about a guy that was so crazy. The Bible says possessed with demons. That he'd actually torn off his clothes, cut himself with stones, lived in the tombs and screamed at anyone that went past. A frightening man, the Gadarene demoniac. And of course, he has an encounter with Christ and is delivered and is in his right mind, literally instantaneously. And here's the exchange between him and Jesus. As Jesus was getting into the boat, he was going to leave. The man who'd been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him. I, I find that amazing. I think he would have been great at Jesus' crusades testifying, wouldn't he? Yeah. I used to run screaming naked through the tombs, cutting myself. I met Jesus and now look at me. He would have been a fantastic testimony, but look at what Jesus says to him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. Don't you love that? There's the secret. Don't tell them what they're doing wrong. <laughs> Don't tell them they're living wrong. Don't tell them they need to be like you. Tell them what God's done for you. You know, it's an old saying, and I think it's totally true, but a person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. And I think as Christians, sometimes we, we can be too tempted to get caught in, drawn into arguments, even arguing the existence of God. When God doesn't exist, he insists. He's in all things. So you're dying on the wrong hill straight away. And a world loves to drag you into an argument. But when you have an experience with Christ and he lives in your heart, he insists in you. You are never at the mercy of an argument because it's really hard to argue with someone's personal experience. At the, at the worst, you can say, well, I'm, I'm not even sure how he did it. I'm not even sure. I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't prove the existence of God. What I can say is this is what he's done. And that's all Jesus said. That was the key. Go be an evangelist for me. I will make you become a fisher of man. Here's how you do it. Tell your story. Yeah. Come on, anyone here got a story? Yeah. Has Jesus done anything in anyone's heart here? Yeah. There it is. There it is. I will make you become, I will form in you the ability to win men, women, people simply through your story. Go and tell them what the Lord has done for you. Drop that hint wherever you can go. You know, when I first started seriously looking to Jesus, I can still remember what I heard that triggered my first honest, open desire to suss this out and work out whether there was any reality in it or not. And it was simply a friend saying to me when I saw him with a girl, and I said, is that your new girlfriend? He'd become a Christian recently. He was a very new Christian himself. He'd become a Christian. 
and they were come, they'd come back from the drive-in. That's how long ago it was. The drive-in still operated in Toowoomba. And I saw them downtown. He pulled up. He had a girl in the car. I said, is that your new girlfriend? And he said, I'm not sure. I'm praying about it. <laughs> so I ridiculed him. I'm like, do you like her? He said, yeah, I do. I said, does she like you? He said, I hope so. I said, well, what are you waiting for? And I sort of had a dig at him. I thought it was ridiculous until he left. She's now his wife, by the way, and he's in this church somewhere. But when he left, it sort of, in my heart, as a young man who'd been through relationship after relationship, it was like there was this cry in my heart, I wish I, I, wish I had someone to look to for guidance. That's what God had done in his heart. He was now praying about his life and the decisions he was making were taking his life like that while the decisions I continued to make were taking me like that. Can anyone relate to that? And it was just that simple, I'm praying about it and it, was, it just hit my heart and it was like, I, I wonder if that could happen for me. I wonder if there is someone there. I wonder if God was real, whether God would be good enough to help me with some of the decisions in my life, because particularly in that area, I was making very poor decisions. And it actually opened me up, and within a couple of months, I was sitting in a church service like this, and, uh, and the second week I went along, I was at the front giving my life to Jesus. That simple. And it came from a Christian saying, I'm praying about it. Isn't that incredible? Gee, I wonder who is in our world. You notice what Jesus said. He said, go back to your own people. For me, I'm committed to reaching guys in cars because in one sense, as I said, they were my people. <laughs> I'm familiar with it. And so I'm quite committed to that. When I get, take my guitar and go and sing in a pub, I'm not there to get drunk. I'm there because they were my people. And I'm determined somehow to reach one or two of them before I go. And honestly, when we talk about missions, that's where it begins. Just go to your people. Who, who are your people? Go to your people. Some of you are farmers. They're your people. I look, Dennis and Rose, again, without embarrassing you guys too much, so effective west of Charleville in our Western missions for over 12 years. Why? Third-generation farmers, they were with their people and it made sense. Who are your people? Where are your people? Where does Jesus want you to go and simply say, this is what the Lord has done for me? Not push it down someone's throat. It doesn't need to be an argument. It simply mean, needs to be a testimony. I don't mind what you believe. I don't mind where you're at. But if you're happy to tell me with where you're at, notice that our world's very happy to tell us where they're at. If you're happy to tell me where you're at, then I'm happy to tell you where I'm at too. And my testimony is, the Lord's been good to me. The Lord's been good to me. What's all this got to do with missions? As I said, it starts at home. But it's got to continue beyond that. In Acts chapter 1, Dr. Luke, he, he writes both the Gospel of Luke and then the book of Acts. He picks up on some words of Christ that aren't actually recorded in his gospel. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power. Jesus said this. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem was their hometown. In other words, Jesus was saying it's going to begin here. And then it's going to spread out. If you look at a map, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the rest of the world, it's obviously, it's concentric circles moving out from the center. And we have incredible partners that are doing stuff overseas for us on our behalf because we empower them and we need to do that. Can I encourage us? Would you consider our whole thing has been pray, give, go. The last few years we haven't been able to really go. Um, that's been more difficult, although that's opening up to us now. Certainly this year, I'll be visiting our partners in the Philippines, Sri Lanka, and I am really excited to say we've begun in Bangladesh. So we've been talking about Bangladesh for a few years now. It has begun. And so I'll be up going up to Dakar to check that out, to meet our missions partners on the ground there, the locals, and, uh, and that'll, be, that'll be interesting. Um, you might not be able to go. You can pray. And certainly consider, would you consider giving and empowering this so that we are witnesses right here in our city with our story. And then we empower others in ever-increasing circles throughout our nation and the earth. Our church plants in Brisbane, the Gold Coast, that's part of that. Empowering kids from this church to plant churches in Brisbane, the Gold Coast. That's pretty cool. It just should be these waves of influence that emanate out. Has been for years. Maybe you're newer in the church. Would you consider being part of it now? If you've never been part of it, become a part of what we do in missions. Can I ask us a few questions as we close? A couple of simple questions. Will you follow? Again, I can't get away from that part of what Jesus said. It doesn't begin with works. It begins with relationship. And, uh, and maybe that hasn't been your experience yet. In a few moments, I'll give you an opportunity to choose to follow Jesus. Another question we could ask ourselves is, how will I tell my story? How will I tell my story? Well, where were you at before Jesus? Some of us grew up in church. He's just always been there. That's a great story. I've just always known God's there. I've just always known he's been good. That's attractive to someone. There is someone who's disconnected and separated in life, who's unhinged or unanchored, that that testimony will mean something to. They need to hear it. Some of us came along later <laughs> and maybe life looked very different to what it does now. So what was life like before Jesus? What did Jesus do? What's the Lord done for you? And what's your life look like now? It's a simple way to tell your story. Past, what happened now? the present how will you tell your story what is your story what has the Lord done for you great question to ask ourselves put it in your heart and determine to share it this week with someone share a portion of it not the whole thing 
just a portion of it. Think of somewhere where God's been good to you and determine to share it. Another question is simply, where will I fish? Jesus said to the Gadarene or the man from Gadarene, he said, go back to your people. So identify that. Who am I, who am I people? You know, your, your situation might have you isolated from those who were your people as, as far as the exact ones you did life with. That's cool. You'll know the kind of people I'm talking about, though. Who are my people? Who are the ones that God wants me to tell how good he's been to me? The ones I testify amongst. I could ask other questions like, are you becoming? Are you becoming? Are you letting God form a heart for others who don't know him yet? in you. And for some of us, this is a refresher. For some of us, this might be the first time we've felt this challenge. Jesus wants me to reach out. Would you stand with me today? Just firstly, I, I want to pray for everyone, but before I do, I'm going to ask us to bow our heads if we would just an attitude of worship and and maybe you're here today and you've never chosen to follow Jesus my friend this is a perfect opportunity he will change your life for the better you will have a story of God's goodness Um, I guarantee it if you're open if you're authentic and you open your heart then God will touch your life beginning today and you will have a story to tell without a doubt that would be probably the common denominator in this room are people who have a story to tell because Jesus touched our life. If you've never done that, but you want to do it, while every head's bowed, every eye is closed, friend, just make that choice in your heart of hearts right where you are. You might want to affirm that decision by simply raising a hand to heaven. I'll acknowledge it. And you can put it down again. I'm going to pray for everyone. Come on, if that's you, friend. And you say, I, I know I need to do that. I need, I need to open my heart to Jesus today. You slip your hand in the air. And then we're all going to pray together. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for your goodness in our lives and we just meditate on it again. Thank you that we've all got a story to tell. Help us to tell it well. Help us to encourage people around us that might not have that anchor of faith that we've experienced. Help us be life-giving wherever we go. Lovers of humanity just like you were, Jesus. Amen.